Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 120. I firmly believe there's no such thing as booking a bad Royal Caribbean cruise, especially if your cruise happens to be free. That's right, free. How do you get a free Royal Caribbean cruise without maybe emailing a Nigerian prince? Well, this week, Royal Caribbean Blog listener Mark joins us to tell us how he managed to get a free five-night cruise on Royal Caribbean's Liberty of the Seas and shares with us what he loved about his Bermuda adventure. I'll also be answering your listener emails where we help everybody have a better Royal Caribbean cruise experience and also learn how you can support the show and become a member of the Royal Caribbean Blog Insiders where you'll have access to exclusive content, rewards, events, and products such as t-shirts, priority listener email access, early access to each episode, bonus podcast episodes, and a whole lot more. Find out more or join us for as little as a dollar per month over at royalcaribbeanblog.com slash support. Here we go. We all love taking a Royal Caribbean cruise, but how about taking a free Royal Caribbean cruise? It is possible, and pretty much anyone can do it. This week, we have Royal Caribbean blog listener Mark Chemetsky joining us to discuss how he managed to get a balcony stateroom for free, and he's also going to be sharing his experience on the absolutely beautiful Liberty of the Seas. Mark, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Pleasure to have you on here. Mark has been, by the way, for everyone listening, Mark has been a long-time faithful fan of Royal Caribbean blogging, good friend of mine. So, Mark, thank you for taking the time to talk to us about your recent cruise on Liberty of the Seas. I'm excited to do so. I love all things Royal Caribbean. There you go. See, this is why I missed it on the podcast, folks, because he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he talks the talk. So, you, Mark, you captured my attention. I think a lot of our, our listeners' attention as well. When you told me, you sent me an email, said, you know, I'll come on the, on the podcast. You're going on Liberty of the Seas, five-night Bermuda cruise. Awesome. But then you also mentioned that you happen to be, you're entered into a slot tournament, and you actually got a balcony stateroom for free. Talk to us how that happened. I'm a member of Club Royale, which is Royal Caribbean's casino program. It's an invitation-only program. I was invited in several years ago. And for some reason, I got an offer to go on this cruise where they were having their $10,000 Royal Slot Tournament for invited members for free in a balcony cabin. I normally don't qualify for those kinds of offers, but once I found out about this, I had to book it. That's right. And to get into the Club Club Royale program, essentially you have to gamble – Enough. We've done an episode about this, by the way, if you want to check out the archives. I'll post a link in our show notes at royalcaribbeanblog.com, where we talk all about the casino and how it all works. It was a really interesting episode. And part of that is if you gamble up to a certain threshold, Royal Caribbean will take notice, and you'll be invited, just like Mark did, into the into the program. And then there are a lot of great benefits. Usually it's more of the lo- along the lines, correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, but in my experience or my observations, it's usually what you get are discounts on cabins, not so much free cabins. There are two primary pro- uh, offers. One is the discounts on cabins, the what they call their casino rate. Yep. You also get cash rebates based on your level of play on one cruise. When you show up on your next cruise, they'll actually just hand you cash in the casino. I like cash. That works. <laughs> it's a really good program. Now, I nice. will say that's the way the program is today. They are actually in the midst of changing the program and coming up with more of a tiered system in the future, probably next year, that will be more inclusive of people who, at all levels. Cool. So let me just quickly, what's your, what's your, what's your game, essentially? What do, you, what do you enjoy playing? What got you in there? Slots. Slots. Okay. There you go. So not even a table guy. No, the table games go too slow. I like the faster action and the <laughs> blinking lights and fancy noises. So let's well, let's start with the big one. I guess people are wondering. You were entered into a ten thousand dollar slot tournament. Did you win? No, I didn't ah, even darn. do that well. I was in the bottom third. 
Ah, rats. Well, you got a free cruise out of it, so you really can't be that bad, right? And I have to admit, it wasn't entirely free because I did upgrade. Okay, so what did you what did you upgrade to? At first, I upgraded to a junior suite because there was an aft junior suite available. I've never nice. been in a junior suite before. It was only $300 to upgrade for the two of us. So I figured, let's do that. And a couple days after that, I saw that a grand suite became available. And to upgrade to that cabin from the junior suite was only $20. Wow. So how, how could I say no to that? Wow. Jeez, man. You're talking about lucky. Wow. I'd use up all your <laughs> luck on the staterooms. Forget about the tournament. I think it was a fair trade. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would. I would sign up for that. I don't care losing the tournament, and getting a you know twenty dollar upgrade to a grand suite. That'll work. It works. Nice. Definitely. So we won't uh, we won't go into why you went on this cruise because we already know about that. Let's talk about your your cruise experience. You went obviously this was a five night Bermuda cruise from Cape Liberty and on Liberty of the Sea. So talk, let's talk about what you did on board. Well, actually, let's talk about your stateroom, your grand suite. First time in a grand suite. What did you think? I really liked it. It was so spacious. Most of the time when I go on a cruise in a balcony cabin, I consider the cabin a place to go when I want to get dressed in the morning, when I want to pick up something, when I want to go to sleep. But it's not a place I want to stay because it's just not that comfortable. The Grand Suite, I had no problems just relaxing there. There was plenty of room to stretch out. We could easily have 10, 15, 20 people in there comfortably. Wow. What do you think of the perks that a Grand Suite and, and all suites above a certain level uh, get you? Very, very nice. One of the common perks that we all agreed, other people in suites, that we really liked was that we could have breakfast in a Chops Grill in the morning where Ooh. they serve a made-to-order breakfast, and it was fantastic. I got steak and eggs there twice. It was wonderful. Wow, that's worth it right there. Man, Chops Breakfast? I didn't know such a thing could have been happening, but that's amazing. It is. Plus, we get access to the concierge lounge, which is nice. Yep. Free drinks during happy hour. Uh, Did they? Um, real quick, you know, one of the things we've talked about a lot is that for people that are Crown and Anchor Society members that are Diamond or above, it's very well known that they get discounts, they get coupons on their on their uh, CPAS cards so they can go to other places to relieve some of the crowding in the lounge. Do you also get something like that with being a suite, or you only get your free drinks in the con- in the concierge lounge? Very good point. You only get the drinks in the concierge lounge. Okay. No, it's, I mean, hey, I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not knocking free drinks. I just want to know where they are. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, if you're a Diamond member in a suite, the Diamond Lounge is actually the better place to go. The concierge oh. lounge is an interior room. There are no windows. It's kind of small. The Diamond Lounge feels a little bit bigger. There are windows because it's up by the Viking Crown. Hmm. Much better place, in my opinion. Cool. Let's talk about what you did on board. You... Obviously had some excellent breakfasts on board. Any other restaurants that you dined on while on Liberty? Well, I definitely had to do Portofino because this is one of the last Portofinos in the fleet and she's going away next January. That's right. And then we also did Chops Grill twice. What did you think of both restaurants? I had higher hopes for Portofino because I had such fond memories from the past, but I enjoyed Chops Grill much more. And that's why Mm -hmm. we ended up going back there the second time. Yeah, my wife would, would agree with you, Mark. We had When we were on Freedom of the Seas before it got changed over, we dined at both. I, I liked them both. I thought they were, I mean, I, I really enjoyed them both. But my wife said that she liked chops a little bit better, more so. Maybe it's just the, the cuisine, I'm not exactly sure. But, uh, well, anyway, at any rate, rest in peace to uh, Portofino. Yes, it, um, one of my favorite desserts is going away. Uh, which one is that? The Tartufo al Chocolato. Uh, well, I hope you took some photos. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> Video of yourself eating it. This is good, Mark. You should remember this. <laughs> oh, I have it ingrained in my brain. It's okay. <laughs> there you go. Let's talk about what are the t- 
top three activities, non-eating, I can't imagine there is such a thing, but what are the top three things on board that you did at Liberty of the Seas that you would recommend to other folks? Well, the first one, of course, was finding a nice lounge and relaxing. The mm. service I got from the bartenders was fantastic. Uh, I loved hanging out in Oliver Twist up in the Viking Crown. It's so relaxing. So that was definitely my, my number one choice. Uh, number two would be relaxing also on the Royal Promenade because it's great for people watching. Hanging out yes. at Cafe Promenade with a drink, just relaxing, watching people. That's number two. Number three... I would like to say it's going to see Saturday Night Fever, but I missed it because our last dinner, Chops Grill, ran too late. Oh, no. So I'm saving that for when I'm on uh, Liberty of the Seas next October. Oh, nice. Did you rebook Liberty before this cruise or during the cruise? Or after? Before this cruise. I've had it booked for a while. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. So you'll have an opportunity, hopefully, to be able to see Saturday Night Fever and check that out. And yes. talk about it. let's talk about your experience in Bermuda. This is a question we get a lot. First of all, I know that, unfortunately, the weather didn't line up for you on this, huh? Yeah, it was a little bit chilly and very windy. Okay. So what were what did you end up doing in Bermuda? As I'm assuming you probably didn't go to the beach. We didn't go to the beach, but we did, uh, on the first day, hang out at the dockyard, because this wasn't overnight, so we had two days in Bermuda, which was great. The Royal Naval Dockyard is a fantastic port. I loved the fact that it didn't feel touristy, like Falmouth is, is incredibly touristy. Right, this it's a fake port. Felt, this felt more gen, um, genuine, mm-hmm. with actual local artisans in the glassworks and in the art museum. It was a refreshing touch to be able to go to a place that didn't feel like I was going to Del Sol and Diamonds International again. <laughs> that, is, that is something nice about Bermuda in general. I mean, obviously, the, the higher cost of living and all that kind of maybe contributes a little bit to it, but it is very much an authentic experience when you're going over there, and I I don't blame you. What did, um, So you, you spent a little time in the dockyard, which is that area. The dockyard, as you very well put is the area where your ship docks it, basically bermuda is like a crescent shaped moon like reverse c backwards c right or is it a frontwards? yes anyway it's, it's a c shape it's, it's forwards and, yeah yeah and you're on the bottom essentially and every there's other things off, around and you there's different towns and beaches all up and down that sea but you have to go up basically the the backbone of that c shape island in order to get around so what we'll else did you do over there that's true. Good point. The, the next day, we took the ferry into Hamilton and visited the downtown area. It was also kind of a shock for me. I was expecting like downtown Cozumel and downtown Grand Cayman, where you've got all the jewelry shops and all the ways for them to make money from tourists. And this was a genuine downtown where the locals live and, and work. So we had actual authentic stores to go into and actually get a taste of Bermudan culture and food. Nice, yeah, that's great. We went, we did dinner one night in Hamilton as well, and it was it's a really beautiful place to just to visit, walk around. It's just, it's really nice. It's pretty easy. I mean, you don't you didn't feel like you needed any private transportation to get around, did you? No, no, public transportation was just fine. We took the ferry there and back because we were a little bit on a time crunch to get back because we wanted to do more stuff at the dockyard before we set sail back to Cape Liberty. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, if we'd had more time, we were going to take the bus that would have uh, either taken us to the Crystal Caves to walk around and do some pseudo-spelunking or otherwise go down and check out Horseshoe Bay even if the weather wasn't that accommodating. Yeah, Horseshoe Bay is the big, famous beach everyone's that – Bermuda is essentially known for, and if the weather does cooperate, it's where you're probably going to want to go. And and to Mark's point, by the way, if you are going to Bermuda, use public transportation. There's there's buses. It sounds kind of weird because almost in every other place we ever talk about taking a cruise, we're always talking about taxis or or renting a car or something like that. But in Bermuda, 
you take the bus and it's i feel bad for the locals because they take the same bus as all the tourists but it's it's really the most economical way to go because taxis are so expensive in bermuda Right, taxis are really expensive. If I remember correctly, they were posting a rate between the dockyard and Hamilton of something like $35, whereas the ferry was $4.50 each. Yeah, you can't beat that. No question about it. Uh, you mentioned Hamilton. Real quick, do you have any recommendations for Hamilton for anyone who's going there to something, a restaurant, a place to see, whatever the case may be? Actually, one of the things I enjoyed most was visiting the Anglican church there. Oh. It was a beautiful church. They've been doing a lot of work on they the Church Tower was closed because of the hurricane that had come through the previous week. But otherwise, it was just really nice to explore there and, and see the wonderful architecture. And I'm just curious. You went to Hamilton. You didn't get to St. George, which is the northernmost city in Bermuda. Right. We didn't go there. Yeah. Did you? Was there any reason why you didn't or just because of time? Time. Pr- prioritization. We basically had three yep. things we wanted to do, and it didn't make the cut. Makes sense. Oh, you're, <laughs> there's only it's a good problem to have. Oh, gee, there's too many places to go. <laughs> Which one do I have to pick from? We were um, supposed to go on an excursion on a catamaran ride, a sunset tour of the island on the first night. Okay, but as I mentioned, the weather wasn't good. The seas were something like twelve feet high, and they canceled the excursion. For which I was actually thankful. Oh yeah, well yeah, doing you a favor, right? Exactly. Yeah, makes sense. Cool. Well, it sounds like you had a great time on board, and certainly outside of the tournament, did you do well in the casino? No, I didn't really play that much, but I, I played enough that they actually gave me another free certificate for a cruise. <laughs> wow, Mark, way to go. But the downside is I have to use that in the next three months, and I'm already booked up on cruises for 2016, so I can't use it. Uh, well, you know what? I think I can get an ID that says my name is Mark Chemetsky, and I can check it out for myself. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'll send you the certificate. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Mark, before we let you go. You know, to get to know all the people who come on the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast just a little bit better, I'm going to ask you a couple of quick questions. So please say the first thing that comes to mind when I ask it, okay? Okay. Uh, favorite restaurant on a Royal Caribbean ship? I think it's definitely got to be Samba Grill. I just love the meats in there. Wow. I think you're the first person to say that of anyone we've had on there. That's good to hear because I'm going on, as you probably are well aware, Allure of the Seas in February on the Royal Caribbean Blog Group Cruise, which I shamelessly plug whenever I can. And uh, that's good to hear that you're a big fan of that. I, it was wonderful. I went there with a group last year, and it was just fantastic. Nice. Preferred drink while on a Royal Caribbean cruise? That changed this cruise. Uh, my favorite drink this time was a frozen mojito. Oh, did you get it at uh, Boleros or something like that? No, actually up in Oliver Twist. Oh, nice. Cool. So they make a good one over there. They made a really good one. I had what, what several got- of them over the week because this was also my first time on a cruise where I had a drink package. So I tried lots of drinks. What did you think of the drink package? We're going to go on a tangent here, folks. Sorry. What did you think? Which drink package did you have and would you get it again? I had the premium package and I might get it again. It was nice for a five-day cruise because it wasn't as expensive as if it were a seven or eight-day cruise. So it was more affordable to try it as an experiment. I did find, though, that I drank more because of the package. And so I think for that reason, I probably would go a la carte next time. Right. You were drinking for the sake of drinking. Yes. Yeah, I understand that. What was I was going to ask you before this. Uh, what was the drink that got knocked out of the way in favor of your new mojito love? The mudslide. Oh, that's a classic right there, isn't it? It is. Yeah, nice. Favorite port of call to visit? Labity. Excellent. See, this is why Mark got on the podcast again. It's it's very simple math, folks. And, and I like it better before they raise the price of the cabanas. I know. Well, I got I was able to lock in one more cabana at the at the old price. I'm quite proud of myself for that. It's like it's like buying a stock when it was low. <laughs> Congratulations. Enjoy it. 
<laughs> and lastly, favorite song on the radio or iPod today? Oh, I, it's strange choice for me, but I think it's got to be um, Macklemore's Downtown. For some you're reason, second... a song about riding around on a moped is, is exciting to me. <laughs> I think you're the second person to say that, and I still haven't listened to it yet. i got to take a look at that. Cool. Well, Mark, good stuff all around. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. You're very welcome. The goal for Oak Green Blog since day one when I started this blog back in 2010 was simple. Help you have a better Royal Caribbean cruise experience. And every week here on Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, we get a chance to do that with our listener emails. It's a great opportunity to not only just answer questions and, you know, maybe have you be better prepared for your next cruise, but it's also a great opportunity to just talk Royal Caribbean together. My favorite thing to do. It's why I just love this particular segment every week because, again, during the normal course of our daily lives, it's hard to find folks that want to talk Royal Caribbean. I mean, you know, I subject my wife to it all the time, and she is very nice about it. She loves me, and she puts up with it. But you know what I mean. We need that real nerdy, loving to talk about Royal Caribbean no matter what time of day or hour or week or month it is. And this is what it's all about. So here we go as we jump into our emails this week. And, of course, if you want to email me your questions or thoughts or comments, basically anything on your mind about Royal Caribbean Cruise, you can email me at matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. And our first email this week comes from Mike Montone, who says, Matt, my first two cruises were on Royal Caribbean's Jewel and Voyager of the Seas, and I wanted to try another cruise line before I locked in. I like Royal Caribbean a lot, and most veteran cruisers told us that Royal Caribbean had the best rewards in the business, but before I locked in, I wanted to try another, so I just got back from Norwegian Cruise Line's Breakaway, and it was good but not Royal Caribbean. And Mike actually has a breakdown of some of the comparisons he has between each of the, uh, between Royal Caribbean and Norwegian. And Mike writes, number one, the drink package. I've determined I don't drink enough to beat any cruise line at that game. Yes, I had more drinks, such as wine at dinner, but I did not save samosas at breakfast or anything like that. And after a few days of drinking, I needed a break. Let me tell you, I'm going to, I'm going to stop here for a second because I think there's a lot of interesting comparisons Mike's going to draw. Number one being the drink package. And this is true. I think of all drink packages, especially Royal Caribbean's. I think when you're considering the drink package, always, always, always consider the long term. Anybody can drink enough drinks to break even for a day or two days or even maybe even three days. But over the course of the week, what Mike just said is a lot of the feedback I hear. And it's why I always hesitate or at least warn people that if you're looking at the drink package, do the math. Figure out exactly how much you've got to drink to break even because this there's this concept called, I don't know if, if I'm making this up or it was already out there, called drink fatigue. After a while, it's, you know, you get a little, not sick of it, but you need a break. So, good insight there, Mike. Uh, Number two, Big Ship. I like the Big Ship. It really was not overcrowded as I feared. So many choices of things to do, it was not a problem. However, I do like the more intimate ships like Jewel the Seas and Voyager the Seas. Number three, New York City. I loved not flying. From South Jersey, I took the train to Penn Station, cab to the cruise terminal. It took two hours and maybe about $45. Train was $15 each, and the cab was $14. Four of us fit into a cab. I'm totally with you there. I'm like about the flying. I think I've said many times on this podcast, I really don't enjoy flying at all. So any opportunity for me to go on a cruise where I can drive to the port or at least get there without flying is a huge win for me, and I am all about that. So Mike, you definitely got my vote on that. Number four, couple cruising. It was great in the beginning, but then it got a little cumbersome, and we split up after five days. Reconnected last night. You know, this is an interesting observation, Mike. And I will say this about couples cruising together or families or high school reunions. doesn't matter what. Little groups, essentially more than so your immediate family. And I'll just simply say that this is actually the advantage of a cruise. If you go to a land vacation like to a beach 
or you go to even maybe even a theme park, or you go to uh, a number of possible land destinations. I think what you're going to find is a lot of those destinations require you to kind of travel together. You're almost forced into it because that's kind of the nature of it. You go to visit a city, you're going to tour these things together, and you know what? You maybe love these people that you're traveling with. You may just be very fond of them. Maybe you've been lifelong friends, but you know what? Everyone, there's a reason why you probably didn't marry those people, <laughs> or there's probably a reason why you don't live with these people all the time. You know, you, everyone's different, right? And I think what your experience here was, you know, in the beginning, it's cool because, hey, we're all here together, but you definitely need some separation. You need some opportunity to say, you know what? We're going to do our own thing right now, but we'll reconnect with you later. Maybe it's at dinner. Maybe it's the next day on a short excursion. You're going to have a plan. Regardless, this is what's great about taking a, a cruise vacation. And so hearing what you just said, Mike, about the couples cruising, you know what? I, I don't think that's a problem. I think it's exactly what should be happening. So I'm glad to hear that. Mike continues number five, same location. This turned out to be great. I love not hopping ports. Overall, the cruise was good, but not Royal Caribbean good. I definitely think I'll be sticking with Royal Caribbean. I am interested in Disney for a one-time cruise, but it would have to be for a really cheap offer to compete with Royal Caribbean. The food on Breakaway was fantastic in the main dining room, but the specialty restaurants I tried I did not like. It was their Italian restaurant. One thing I did not like was the casual attire. They had one dress-up night, but said dress if you want to, not that you have to. And that was very nice. Of course, I dress a little. I dress up a little bit, slacks and a dress shirt. But I didn't notice many others dressed up at all. But no one looked frumpy either. To be honest, I didn't notice these things either. However, I liked the no pressure stance on the dress code. The pools were too limited on the breakaway, too little for a big ship, and no dance floor in the front of the stage. The only bad part in Bermuda is that we rented scooters, and my wife fell, so she got scraped up pretty good. However, she kept up with us. I would rate the cruise a seven out of ten overall. Can't wait to do it again in February on the Royal Caribbean blog group cruise. Any word on hotel bookings for the group cruise? I had my airfare booked, but was waiting on hotel. Great feedback. I love the email, Mike. Thanks for the, honestly, the breakdown between each little elements of the cruise experience. I'm glad to hear, obviously, that you are definitely still a loyal to Royal Caribbean member. In fact, maybe this has actually pushed you further into the Royal Caribbean fold, which is awesome. We've got cookies here on the Royal Caribbean side of things. <laughs> willing to share. I think that your experience is a lot like my experience, I have taken one cruise on Norwegian. It was on a different ship. It was on the Norwegian Gem, I think, which is obviously an older and smaller ship than the Breakaway. But nonetheless, I think our we share a lot of basic conclusions here, which is that we had fun. I don't think, you, Mike, you would say that you had a bad time on board. I certainly didn't have a bad time on board, but it wasn't Royal Caribbean. It wasn't the same experience. And, you know, me and my wife kind of came away from that particular cruise saying a lot of what Mike said was that we had a good time, but I think we'd rather sell in Royal Caribbean for, you know, Maybe some reasons that we can actually spell out. And also some X factors that just, you know, you can't explain in paper. But to us, a Royal Caribbean cruise just felt better, for lack of a better word. Uh, so it makes sense. And, Mike, I'm so glad to hear you're going to be on our group cruise on Allure of the Seas, February 21st, 2016. In fact, there is still opportunity for you, you, the global you, not so much Mike, because Mike's already booked. But for everyone to join us on that cruise, if you want more details, go to royalcaribbeanblog.com. There's a link right at the top. It says group cruise. And of course, I will post a link in our show notes to our group cruise information if you want more on that. So the question was hotel bookings for the group cruise. You know, Mike, I was thinking about this. We originally, I thought about this uh, like months ago. I said, you know what? Let me wait until a little longer to do this. But there are some good options out there. I mean, obviously, we're staying, our cruise is leaving in Fort Lauderdale. So I expect a lot of people, myself included, to be there the night before because after all, we are good Royal Caribbean cruisers and we take Matt's advice, which is to always go in at least a day early. I think that's just good advice. I didn't make up that advice. I mean, that's been out there for a long time, in fact. But I think it's obviously a smart plan and I suspect a lot of other folks may be doing that as well. Plus, how about a pre-cruise meetup at one of the hotels, right? So 
this is definitely something that's on the radar. And I think this is something that we probably have to get out there sooner than later as we're getting... Now we're under actually triple digits. We're in double digits for our group cruise countdown, which is so awesome. I'm so excited. And uh, we're, I think we're going to have to organize something so that way we can give you an option if you'd like to join us at our group hotel. I'll post more details about that over, obviously, on our group cruise page. And I'll, I'll make an announcement on Royal Caribbean blog as well. As soon as I have any information, I will post it. But I think it might be fun to have just a hotel that we can all share in and maybe we'll get a special rate at it which would be also be awesome sauce so if we can do that hey that is even better so love the email thank you mike appreciate that next up we have an email from alberto who writes hi matt hope you're doing well first of all i want to say thank you for your blog my wife seven almost eight-year-old daughter and i will be cruising for the first time in january my excitement somehow led me to your podcast and it is amazing and very helpful so thank you for that so after a little bit of checking around we picked royal caribbean over carnival mostly because of my daughter it was easy to decide on a ship that was great for kids and equally great for adults. It has great reviews, and you seem to like it a bit too. <laughs> so needless to say, Freedom of the Seas was picked. The hard part was picking the itinerary. After careful consideration, and by careful meaning we gave my daughter the decision, she chose Western Caribbean because she loves Mexico, she said. One of the main reasons she wants to go there is to go into town, walk around, shop, and have good food. That being said, with us being newbies and having a 7-year-old, it would be great if you could recommend any excursions, if any are needed. We are set on doing the Stingray City excursion at Grand Cayman, but don't know about any more. Do you recommend any, if, if any, whether it is to do in Jamaica or Cozumel, or is it better to head out, let's say to Montego Bay, have a beach day, and head back to Falmouth after that? Same for Cozumel, we really want to head into town and maybe do some sh- shore snorkeling, possibly without having to do a sh- snorkel excursion. Any beaches you recommend, or is it better to do a booking excursion with Royal Caribbean? Also, love that can't-miss family entertainment on board the ship. We will only be eating at the main dining room and the Windjamere, but I think we should be good with that. Also, any other extra clues and tips, ideas, or whatever would be greatly appreciated. Thanks for all you do. Alberto, you picked a great cruise. I love Freedom of the Seas. I've been on there about three times now, so given that fact alone, that should probably tell you I've enjoyed it on there. I wouldn't go back on a ship if I didn't really, really enjoy it. And certainly Freedom is the ship I've been on the most, in fact. So A-plus job, and I'm glad your daughter chose very wisely. So Western Caribbean, and you're trying to figure out, hey, what are we going to do there? There is there is a lot to do in the Western Caribbean. You have some very mature cruise ports in Cozumel and Grand Cayman. You already have Grand Cayman set up, so I'm going to leave that alone. I think you've got a pretty good idea there. And, of course, with Grand Cayman, when in doubt, if you've got an hour or two to kill somewhere, you go to Seven Mile Beach. Seven Mile Beach is just this really long beach. There's a number of beaches like that make up it, right? But just ask any cab driver they can bring you there to a very nice part. It'll be beautiful. You won't complain at all. So let's talk about Falmouth, and let's talk about Cozumel. So I'm going to start with the easy one, Cozumel. Relatively speaking, Cozumel is an easier one to plan because Cozumel is, as I said, a very mature cruise board. It's been out there for a long time. There's lots to do out there. And, you know... My favorite things to do is kind of what your daughter loves to do. Walk around, eat, shop, eat some more, go to a beach, eat a little bit after that, and then grab some food and bring it back to the ship. <laughs> uh, that's really what I love doing in Cozumel. And I think there are some number of great things. I think Cozumel is definitely a city that, A, you don't necessarily need to book something with Royal Caribbean for, especially if you're staying on the island of Cozumel. If you're going over to the mainland in Playa del Carmen or anything else inland, I actually would recommend booking with Royal Caribbean just because there is a potential for transportation hiccups or delays or whatever, and obviously you don't want to miss the ship. But if you're staying in Cozumel on the island, I think you can absolutely do everything easily, in fact, on your own. Uh, a couple things to keep in mind. If you're looking for a great family beach, a beach that you could enjoy from a you know just relax, relaxation standpoint, but also your daughter can go to town on in terms of 
you know, water toys and, and lots to do. I think Paradise Beach is going to be one of the best ones for you and your family. It's an opera. Basically, it's a beach where it's very modular in the sense that you get there and there's a very small fee. It, technically speaking, there is no fee there, but you, you usually have to pay a, I forgot what the amount is, a certain amount of dollars per person. But that money is put towards things like your beach chairs and food. It's kind of like a deposit almost, and you get to use it later on. But anyway, there's also other things you can do there as well besides just sitting by the beach. There's lots of water toys. It's a beautiful beach. It's great for kids. I think your daughter would absolutely love it there. And something you could definitely spend a lot of time there. I would suggest doing that kind of as your last thing to do because earlier what you should do is maybe explore San Miguel, which is the downtown area of Cozumel. There's a lot of great stuff to do there in terms of shopping, great food, and it's just one of those places I recommend that you just walk around it. Have the bit you'll take a cab ride from the port over to downtown. You just tell they all know where you're going. Just they'll drop you off somewhere downtown. Walk around. Just explore the area. It's Cozumel's a beautiful area. Very friendly locals there, and there's a lot to see and do. And I think you can easily burn up a couple hours walking around, shopping, and eating. Emphasis on eating. There's some great local food involved. Don't be afraid to walk in a couple blocks. A lot of people hang out by the main road there, and that's fine. There's plenty of stuff to do there. But you're best served by actually going in two, three, four blocks in away from the water because from there you get a lot of great opportunities for more local, authentic experiences. And then... When you're a little tired from all that or you've got your fill physically or, or, <laughs> or mentally from everything going on, then you take a cab, say, you know, Paradise Beach before, and they'll bring you right there. It's a beautiful beach. It's a great place to relax. And I think that's a really good day, honestly. Now, it's not not a lot in the, in the way of culture necessarily. I mean, if you're looking for, you know, uh, Mayan ruins, there are some in Cozumel. There's also some other ecological parks there. I mean, there are a lot more stuff to do there. But that's kind of my go-to, number one, first-time visit to Cozumel uh, recommendation. Now for Falmouth, Falmouth is a relatively speaking a new port that's out there. Roca Milman started going there a couple of years ago. And you know, for here, there's I would recommend either looking strongly at what what Royal Caribbean offers, because I think this is a good way to start. Falmouth is an interesting port because it's kind of in the middle of two well-developed ports, right? Or historically well-developed ports, Montego Bay and Ocho Rios, almost forgot the name of it. And these are two ports that have been cruise ships in general, not just even Royal Caribbean, have been going to for years. The Falmouth is a brand new port, so it's got a little bit of time needed for it to really get up to maybe the standards of, or maturity of some of the ports that we've talked to, like, say, Cozumel or Grand Cayman. So with Falmouth, there are a lot of things to do. I would look at what Royal Caribbean offers you. And again, now keep in mind that you're going to be doing essentially two beach days already. If you listen to my advice, you're going to be in Cozumel for at least half a day at the beach, if not longer. And when you're doing Grand Cayman, you're going to be in Stingray City, so you're going to be in the water. So maybe you might want to balance out Falmouth with something that doesn't involve the beach. I don't know. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. If it, you know, for me, we like to, I like to, you know, kind of balance it out by some doing something more maybe cultural or not thing involved with water. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Some people just enjoy the beach all the time and can, can't get enough of it. But to each their own. And there are plenty of great excursions if you're looking for something to do with, you know, in the ocean. But you might look at some of the other opportunities that are out there in Falmouth that involve maybe just, you know, going to see maybe a, a bus tour and kind of seeing some of the historical aspects, visiting some of the museums they have in the area or, you know, something along those lines. And that way you have a more of a balance again. But hey, if you want the pool, if you want to just sit by the sun and, and relax, have a couple of drinks, I'm not going to fault you one bit by doing that. So hopefully this helps you out a little bit, Alberto. 
And I would love to hear actually what you end up picking, even before you go on your cruise. Feel free to send us back an email, Alberto, and just let us know, hey, Uh we ended up picking this. I'll let you know. And obviously, when you get back, I would love to hear about your experiences and how your burgeoning seven-year-old trip planner is uh, how how all her picks went. So sounds like you got a great cruise planned, and I think you're going to have a great time. So thank you, Alberto. And our last email this week is coming to us from Matt Walters. Hey, Matt. Would you please do an episode on scuba diving? I recently got my PADI open water certification, and I'm going on Oasis of the Seas in November. I remember seeing a PADI dive shop on the Oasis, I think. Lots of Labadoozies. Does Royal Caribbean offer PADI classes? And if so, which ones do they have? Dives they put together? How does the gear rental work? And how much my own gear is feasible to bring? Also curious how popular this is, and if it's mostly new divers or experienced divers. Thanks for any info you can provide. Matt, great question, and I will freely admit I am not a scuba diving or diving expert by any means, but I can give you some basic information to help you out here and anyone else who's interested in this. So Royal Caribbean does offer uh, excursions both actually on board and on shore to folks who want to either get certified for scuba diving or just do plain old scuba diving excursions. Now, let's talk about what's on board first and then talk about what's on shore. You actually can on most ships. I've seen this on, certainly on the waste of seas. You're absolutely right, Matt. There is a, uh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right, PADI or P-A-D-I. Uh, open water certification courses, and there's a there's usually a little shop by the pool. It depends. The location depends on you know obviously which ship. I've seen this certainly on the Freedom and the Oasis class ships that I can recall off the top of my head. Usually it's this little shop where they have all the scuba gear and even snorkeling gear for sale. And what they'll do on board actually is offer scuba certification in the pool. It's kind of an interesting thing. These these PADI scuba diver courses. And throughout this course, an experienced PADI Sea dive instructor teaches you the basics in pool dives, uh, some interesting, you know, obviously development sessions, and includes two exciting dives in some of the best locations in the world. So it's kind of a combination on board, and then you go on shore to do it. And from what I understand, it's about two hundred ninety-nine dollars per person, US, and you register on board. And there's some other things that are available as well. There's a tune-up if, uh, if you haven't done scoop in a while. Um, basically, these are kinds of things that are available to you. All these kinds of a this type of onboard and onshore excursion is something that you'll need to check your cruise compass for, and it'll vary from ship to ship, sailing to sailing. So I can't give you a very generalized answer, but I can only tell you that it is sometimes available, and you do not have too many labadoozies to <laughs> to forget about uh, this. Now, now Royal Caribbean says that this is available on Oasis, Freedom, and Voyager class ships with Caribbean itineraries, and participants need to be at least 12 years old to participate. So putting that out there if you're interested in this kind of thing. But of course, while the bottom of the Royal Caribbean pool is nice, you really want to see the real thing. You want to see the fish, the coral, all that stuff. That's what makes scuba diving so darn cool, right? And there are a lot of excursions that allow that. Royal Caribbean offers excursions that you can book through them, or there are going to be plenty of excursions, and depending on the port, that you can do it on your own. Cozumel is one that comes to mind. There are a ton of dive shops and excursions you can book on your own. So it kind of depends, again, on your familiarity and you know your experience level and all that good stuff so my suggestion for you is a look at what's available on the ship if you're interested in a learning how to scuba dive get certified or you just want to get kind of a tune-up or practice maybe it's been a while regardless that might be something to definitely look into and these are the uh the padi sea trek dive classes that are available now once you're on shore hey there's a lot of different excursions and this is just like booking any other shore excursion in terms of you know what's available to you the advantage of, and you might want to look at this also, is, of course, gear. Scuba diving is not like snorkeling where it's just, you know, flippers and a, and a snorkel you're looking at. You've got, obviously, tanks. You've got, there's a ton of gear. Well, I'm not even going to get into it, pretend to lecture you all on, on 
on the ins and outs of scuba diving. But I will tell you that there's a lot to obviously consider. So you want to make sure that you're going to have something that's probably going to provide the gear for you. And in terms of how popular it is, you know, I think it depends on the place you're diving. Uh, Cozumel, which is absolutely world-renowned for its scuba diving and, and also other ports like maybe Belize, and to some extent also St. Martin, I think you're going to find a lot of popularity. If you're looking to scuba dive in somewhere else, uh, you know, a, a lesser, well-known, popular scuba diving destination, it might not be necessarily as popular, and you also might not see as many options available to you. So it's kind of one of those things, obviously, if it's a port well-known for it, you're going to have a lot of opportunities to do it. And, of course, that's going to mean other guests are going to be interested in as well versus, you know, a port that, I, again, I don't know enough. I'm assuming a port like NASA is not exactly up there in terms of scuba diving compared to, you know, a port like Cozumel. I'm guessing, just based on my own observations. But, you know, I think that kind of goes, it goes hand in hand with its popularity and, and all that kind of stuff. But there are options available, and I think the bottom line is there are classes available on board the ship. And the advantage of the class is, A, you get certified. B, you can then turn around and start using your certification immediately on shore, which is pretty cool because this is perfect for someone who says, you know, I've always wanted to do scuba diving. You know, I never got a chance to, but I'm not certified. What do I do? And in most cases, you'd say, well, you're out of luck. Unfortunately, sorry, you, you know, you had to be certified to do it. Here, Royal Caribbean offers you a certification class, and then, and many of these excursions Royal Caribbean offers, it's the you do the Sea Trek dive certification on board, and then you go on shore and do the real thing, kind of a combination package almost. So. Matt, I hope that kind of gives you a little basics of it, and I definitely want to hear back about what your experience was like on Oasis of the Seas and how all your diving and planning went for all that. So, very good stuff. Thank you, Matt. It's, I think it's a very interesting topic and certainly something that I'm, I'm sure other people want to know and, and learn about as well. Great emails all around. Thank you all so much for being a part of this. And, of course, if you want to be a part of our future episodes, hey, we'd love to hear about that as well. Send me an email at matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. And, hey, don't forget to join us on our social media channels. That way you can also contact me and talk Royal Caribbean not just once a week, but every day, in fact. You can follow us on Twitter. We are the RCL blog on Twitter. On Periscope, we are the RCL blog there as well. And on Facebook, we are facebook.com slash Royal Caribbean blog. And all these links, by the way, and everything, pretty much everything we talk about is over on our show notes at royalcaribbeanblog.com. So thank you to everybody for the great emails. And thank you to Mark for joining us on this podcast. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.